the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, and you have tuned in to the Word to Stand On for Life, a radio program dedicated to taking your phone calls so that we can answer your Bible questions, whatever's on your heart and mind. We'll do the very best that we can to answer those questions. I told you it's the Wednesday program. That means our men's retreat starts tomorrow. We would appreciate your prayers. Um, God always does some really, really neat work. Um, We invite you, if you're a man and would like to come, we start at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Registration is at 5 at Camp Buckner in the Marble Falls area. And this is our first time there, so we're kind of looking forward to seeing what it's all about. Our ladies uh, were there uh, last year. So, or, or this past spring, and they said it was great. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, lots and lots of Bible, lots and lots of Jesus. Um, we take it pretty seriously, so we'd love to have you come. Let me give you phone numbers for your live calls and questions, 340-9585. That's 340-9585. You can also call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email your questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also use our free mobile app. And by using KSLR's free mobile app, if you want to call from your car, you will be safer and we'll get your question for sure. So that's what's going on. With his last breath, Samson believed God. He trusted God. And he went out well. He lived horribly, to be sure. You talk about squandered potential and squandered gifts and missed out opportunities. But he died well. He finished well. And I love the grace of a God that would overlook all of our sins and credit to our account righteousness. One of the things, Veronica, that we always need to remember is that when we who are believers are going to stand before Jesus at the Bema seat of Christ, that's the reward seat, we're going to be there to be rewarded, to be recognized. Now, it's also true we're going to lose some rewards. But God is going to sort of announce our faithfulness. And Samson is a good example. I love the fact that in the New Testament, Samson's sins aren't mentioned. That all of his failures aren't mentioned. You know, when I teach the book of Judges and I teach in Samson's life, uh, it's really almost discouraging. But all of that is gone when we get to the New Testament. And that's because love covers a multitude of sins. His love for us 
not our love for him, surely. But Samson is there because in the end, he finished his course. And he's one that we can really say finished much better than he ever ran his race. So, Veronica, that's why he's there. We serve a gracious, loving God who's slow to anger, who's compassionate. A God who's abounding in love. That's who he is. And Hebrews 11 is just proof of that. You know, there's a lot of people in Hebrews chapter 11 who did some bad things. Samson was one of them. Thank you, Veronica, for your question. 340-9585. I love this question. It's from Daniel. He says, I am a worship leader in a medium-sized church. What should I focus on to really honor Jesus with my gifts? First of all, Daniel, let me say that wanting to honor the Lord with your gifts is... Um, I can't tell you how much it blesses me, especially when you have gifts that people like me would die for. I can't tell you how much I would love to be able to stand on a stage and play lead guitar or how much I'd love to be up there singing. But you see, I don't have any of those gifts. And as much as I'd like them, they're just not available. And it's clear from the tenor of your question that you appreciate the gifts that you've been given by God. And because he's given you those gifts and because he's given you opportunity to use those gifts, you're bound to honor him. And so I admire you very, very much, Daniel. It doesn't say how old you are. Uh, that's not really important other than you have a maturity that would suggest you're older than, um, than, than somebody who's just starting out in doing this. So God bless you, bro. A couple of things um, to focus. One, personal holiness. You need to focus on your own walk with the Lord. When you are together with your worship team, it shouldn't be about rehearsal or only about rehearsal. Sure, you want to do well. But your focus, even in rehearsal, needs to be Jesus and not on what you're doing. Focus on Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who gives us strength, but Jesus said, apart from Him, we can do nothing. So even your natural giftedness needs the help of the Holy Spirit. In order for that, you must obey God. You have to walk in personal holiness. You have to be able to, to, to live the lyrics that you're singing. Focus on the songs. Perfectly consider the songs. I can't tell you, my worship pastor is... Welcome back to the program. We evidently had a connection problem. Um, I don't think anything that we talked about or that, that I started to answer a question, I don't think any of that got on the air. So what we will do is just pick up from here. Uh, your live calls uh, would be welcome at 340-9585. Daniel, if you're still listening, you can get in now. 340-9585. Uh, we would love to have um, your questions. Um, because of the... The problems that we're having, I don't know if anything at all got on the air. Nothing did. Okay, now I'm being told that absolutely nothing did. So I'm going to repeat this question that, that Debbie sent in. I think it's an important one. Um, uh, did any of the intro get on? None of the intro got on. Okay, tonight is First uh, Samuel chapter 22 here at Calvary Chapel. That's a, a uh, perfect prelude to um, our men's retreat. Um, Paula will be live in the studio with me tomorrow, as usual, on the date day edition of the program. And we would covet your prayers for our men's retreat. You are still invited, men. It's not too late. Uh, we will be at Camp Buckner in the Marble Falls area. Um, it's easy to find. Um, registration starts at 5 o'clock, and the first um, event is at 8 o'clock tomorrow evening. And, of course, we'll be out of there by about noon on Saturday. Um, for the rest of you, I repeat, I'd love to know that everybody's praying. Uh, God always does some pretty neat stuff. Here's the first question that I had that we got uh, that didn't get through. It's from Debbie, and she says, Pastor Ron, if someone says they're tired of this world but have no intention of committing suicide and they just want to go home to God, 
uh, and smoke and, or drink, but don't curse or watch anything evil or hang around people who are of the world and listen to bad music that would influence them and study their Bible regularly. I guess they don't they want to go home to God because they don't want to do any of those things. But but the idea here is is we, we see people that get into this kind of depression. I mean, there's a lot of pain in people's lives. But the emphasis here for all of us is that we're servants of God. The word is really doulos, it's slaves of God. That means we have no vote, we have no rights. And so what we need to do is remember that when we feel the less, the least like fighting these spiritual battles, that's when we have to toughen out and fight them the hardest. That's when we've got to run into the presence of Jesus. In tonight's Bible study, in 1 Samuel chapter 22, David is in a cave, he's hiding uh, for, his, for his life. And you can read, and we're going to do that tonight, the Psalms that he wrote while he was in that cave. So we have to fight. The enemy is trying to devour, and what we have to do is realize that life and death belongs to him, and our lives, as long as we are here, are to have purpose and meaning. And that purpose is to serve the Lord, to praise the Lord. Even when you don't feel like praising him, that's David's example tonight. But also to tell other people who are apparently on the way to hell that there's an escape route, that they don't have to be stuck where they are. So I think it's, it's, it's really a selfish thing. And, and when we're depressed or discouraged, we, we have a tendency to get selfish. So what we have to do is we have to remember in those times who we are and what we are and what we're charged to do. So here's my prayer. For whoever this is, Debbie, your friend, I pray that he would get up, that he would open his Bible, that he'd spend some time with Jesus and just ask this question, Lord, what about me and what about now? We all long for heaven. That's important to understand. We all long for heaven. I want to be with Jesus more than I want my next breath, but he's not coming. And by the way, he's not coming on September 23rd either. What we need to understand is that while he has us here, we have important work to do. And in doing that work, we'll be able to discover a way out of the mess that we've made. So I hope that answers your question, Debbie, for your friend. I will be praying. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Here is a question from our email inbox from Chuck. Um... He says, so my kids and I were in Romans 13, verses 1 through 7, and they've learned about guys like Hitler and Stalin in class, and they asked if, one, God put them in those positions, as the verse says, and if so, why? And secondly, did Christians under their rule need to obey their orders, even if it hurt other people? I gave them an answer, but I want to make sure I was on the right track. How would you answer? Chuck, I appreciate your heart to, to rightly represent the Lord uh, before your kids. A couple of things. Romans 13 is a very misunderstood passage. It doesn't say that God put Hitler and Stalin in their positions any more than it said that, well, you know, President Trump won the election, so he was God's choice. That's not what it says. He says all authority, the structure of authority, has been established by God. And that structure is a good thing. It's a really, really good thing. So we have to understand that. So it's not at all about uh, God's particular choice for a particular country at a particular time. It's just saying that the institutions of authority are very necessary. Imagine the chaos if we all just kind of drove where we wanted, when we wanted, the way we wanted, if we paid no attention to, to red lights or green lights, if we uh, ignored stop signs. And that's just a, a, a silly uh, illustration. But government is the same thing. Now, clearly we know that God didn't put murderers in. Clearly we know that God didn't put uh, um, uh, despots in. But the people... And I think this is a principle that we find from the Old Testament with God's people, Israel. They get the government they deserve. Remember, the governments are chosen, in many cases, by the people. In, in other cases, in dictatorships, there's less choice. But nevertheless, 
a government with authority is better than no authority, better than any kind of a free-for-all. So it doesn't say that God put Hitler and Stalin in. Now, what the Bible is very clear about is that if people in positions of authority ask us to do things that God tells us not to do, then like Peter said in Acts chapter 4, we have to obey God rather than men. No human authority has the right to force us to violate what God has told us in his word. That's our highest authority. We're slaves of Jesus Christ. So while it's true that we have to um, obey the authorities, uh, at any point where they ask you to sin, if, if for example, the, the authorities in this country, and I, I fear this day is coming in the not-too-distant future, but if the authorities would come to me and say, uh, you can't preach um, the name of Jesus anymore, you can't preach against uh, a lifestyle that, that you consider sinful, but the world says it's okay, I would have to say, well, you judge for yourself whether it's right for me to obey God or to obey man. So we can't do that. So we're, we're certainly not to disobey. Um, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're certainly not to obey people when in fact they're asking us to do things that are ungodly or contrary to what God has told us. So uh, we're never to hurt other people. Um, we have to be good citizens. At the same time, the balance is always found in the person of Jesus Christ. So Chuck, I hope that helps you with your with your kids. Um, if they have any other questions, I'd love for, to, for them to call as well. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Again, I want to apologize for the um, technical issues at the top of the program. Here is a question that we got from Dennis. Dennis says, do you think the recent uptick in hurricanes and earthquakes are signs that Jesus is coming soon or that God is judging the earth? The answer, Dennis, is no. We, we just studied, uh, finished last week, in fact, Romans uh, chapter 8, last Sunday here at Calvary Chapel. And uh, in Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, Paul writing, that, that the, the earth creation is groaning. Not only is the creation groaning, but the spirit in us is groaning with words that we can't express uh, because we don't know what we ought to pray for. So I told the church on, that on these Sundays there's a whole lot of groaning going on, but but the idea is that the things that are happening in this world are simply the 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 long-term effects of sin. We live in a fallen world. Um, that which was created to be perfect uh, and tropical and warm and all those wonderful things um, no longer is. And we know that the world is going to completely be destroyed at some point uh, in favor of a new heaven and a new earth, but that point is not yet here. So um, is it true that God can use um, weather phenomena to get people, get their attention? Uh, yes, the answer is true, but I think we need to think about God's judgment a little bit differently. Uh, Mexico City. Um, there's over 200 confirmed dead, and that number is climbing all the time. Some of those buildings that collapsed, they were buildings that collapsed on school children. Do you think God is judging them? If you do, you don't know God. So we need to stop looking for signs. Jesus said, an evil and adulterous generation looks for signs. And what we need to do is understand that whatever is going on, our responsibility is to represent Christ to those people. We can do that long distance through prayer. Um, but those who are hurting up close, like recently it happened in Houston and it's happening all over again uh, on the island of Puerto Rico, a second smacking from this hurricane. We can reach out to people that are closer and help. But to point a finger at somebody and say this is God's way of, of telling us that he's angry or that he's going to judge us for this or for that. Um, remember, there are no modern-day prophets. And when we try to speak from the throne of God, we're badly misrepresenting him. 
We don't have to have an earthquake or a hurricane to know that God is judging the earth. That judgment, Paul makes clear in Romans chapter 1, has long since occurred. What we need to do is be men and women of compassion. Stop trying to explain these things. You know, I don't know why when bad things like this happen, people have a tendency to, to blame God or ask God what's going on. Instead, all we need to do is be available to him to be used however he wants us in these last days. Acts chapter 17 says that God has placed us where we are at the time we're here in order to help us find God and then I would add to be fruitful in our work for God. And when you see people hurting, they need Jesus. When you see rampant sin and rebellion against God as we see in this country, Well, that means our field of ministry is bigger than we ever imagined. So our responsibility is to carry the word of God, not not God's judgment. God can speak for himself. But Dennis, it is, I think, maybe even a little bit spiritually dangerous to presume to speak for God when you're talking to people about things like this. Now, I know your question didn't say you're telling people this, but this is a question that that we've had in several different forms over the last few days? And the answer is no. No. When Jesus is going to judge the earth, the earth will know. The church will be taken up. Jesus said that we should pray that we'd be counted worthy to escape this tribulation that's coming on the rest of the world. We'll be taken up. And then God is going to pour out his judgment. And these hurricanes and these earthquakes have nothing, nothing to do with the judgments that are going to come during the Great Tribulation. So no. Now, I also want to say this. We're inside of five minutes here, so I want to say this. We can look at the signs of the times we can see that the apostasy has already begun. We can see that people's hearts are growing harder. We can see that men are lovers of themselves and not lovers of God. In fact, they're haters of God. We can see all of those things that Paul wrote to Timothy about in Second Timothy chapter 3. Mark this, in the last days there will be perilous times. Truly, Dennis, we live in that time. But those are the signs that we need to look at, not look at these weather phenomena as like, like they're God's hand of judgment. So I think it's important that we rightly represent the Lord, but not only in word, but in heart as well. I can't imagine anything worse than saying to somebody who's lost everything in an uh, earthquake or in a hurricane that God is judging the world. So... I, I hope that helps. Let's go to Red Rock and talk with Rose on line one. Rose, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you for taking my call. I got a question. I can't even remember now. It's kind of in my mind, but um, that one in Hebrews where it's talking about uh, falling away and departing um, after the same manner of disbelief as the Israelis had when they were in the wilderness. Could you clarify that? Like, what was what does that look like today for us? Like, it's not, I mean, other than, like, backslides into the world, um, maybe you could read it and just help me explain it, understand it a little bit more, okay? I'll listen online. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it, Rose. And I'll get the, I'll, I'll have to wait to the break to get the Bible verse because we're inside a couple minutes. But let me just say this, that um, when it says that Israel felt, from unbelief. They perish in the wilderness from unbelief. It's the same reason that we perish. It's the same reason that people die separated from Jesus Christ. It's unbelief. There's God forgives all manner of sin except for blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is rejecting the, the person and the work of God um, of the Holy Spirit, which is to convince people of sin, of righteousness and judgment, and that Jesus is the answer to that. And so when we fall away from unbelief, um, then we find ourselves in this this perilous place where there's no other answer. And the book of Hebrews is a series of, of seven warnings that are given to Jewish converts to Christianity 
who, because of persecution, because times are hard, and because they've endured that persecution for some time, they're just getting tired. You know, everybody in the first century church expected Jesus to come back in an instant, and they didn't do that. Jesus didn't do that. And so when the persecution kept coming and coming and coming, some of them just gave up, and the option was given to those Jewish converts, just recant your profession of faith in Jesus Christ and come back to Judaism. And Paul's point is, where are you going to go now that you've known the truth, you've tasted the truth? Where are you going to go? You, you, you can't turn to sacrifices. The, the, the blood of bulls and goats aren't acceptable to God. You know the festivals and the feasts. They are not acceptable to God. So where else are you going to go? And Paul says to them, I have better hopes for you. I think of things that accompany salvation. And Rose, it's very important to understand that the Israelites were served up as an example for us to follow. And until we understand that, then we're, we're also in danger of falling away in unbelief. Rose, when we come back on the other side of the break, I'll get the passage specifically, and I'll talk a little bit more about it. But the idea is they fell away. This isn't about backsliding. This is about guarding your faith, guarding that deposit that was given to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And, and I think um, the, the warnings against spiritual laziness in the book of Hebrews and the warnings against drifting away, slowly drifting away, are very, very significant warnings for us uh, in these last days. The truth of the matter is, uh, if we get just a little bit lazy, we stop reading our Bibles, we stop investing in the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, then we're all in that situation where we're going to be in danger. It's a dangerous place. Well, you can hear the music. We've got 30 minutes left in the program. Once again, we apologize for the technical problems, but everything should be fixed now. 340-9585, back in two minutes. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the program, the Wednesday program. I think we've got everything fixed now. Praise the Lord. So we'd love your live calls and questions. Daniel, you got caught in the technical issues. So if you're still listening and would like to, to call back, we'd love to have you. Uh, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Uh, Rose from Red Rock. Um, this is such a poignant passage of scripture. Uh, the first two chapters have been spent uh, by Paul talking about Jesus' superiority to angels and Jesus' superiority to Moses, the most revered among all Jews. And now what he's talking about is the people of Israel didn't have to fall in the wilderness, but they did. Verse 17 says, uh, With whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned whose body fell in the desert? Now this whole context is unbelief, and disobedience always results from unbelief. They fell because they didn't believe the promises of God. And I think we need to remember in our Christian life, our walk, that we can't say, I believe God and then disobey Him. The disobedience that characterizes our lives is not the fruit of believing what God says or even in believing in who He is. I think this is one of the reasons that so many people question their salvation. They're not where they're supposed to be. Then he says this, and to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not those who, if not to those who disobeyed? You know, 11 times in chapter 3 and 4, entering God's rest is mentioned. That's what he wants for all of us, Rose. So um, Paul's trying his best to communicate that to us, and, and the way we do that is to believe, to obey. And then he says, we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. And what's really tragic about this is that these Jewish converts to Christianity started out so well. They started out so well, but they finished poorly. In this case, they're in danger of finishing poorly. So what we need to understand is that disobedience is always a cause of unrest. It's always 
the cause of spiritual confusion, um, that rest in the wilderness was available to the Jews, but they never entered into it. How much worse is it for us when people sit in church week after week laying claims to being a Christian have no fruit in their lives, they have no rest in their lives? And the answer is faith. The answer is believing in not only who Jesus is, but what he's done for us. That's the point of Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 3. 340-9585, we've got Jimmy on line one. Jimmy, you're on the air. Thanks for calling. Hello. Um, Jimmy? Hey, my, my friend Gracie, she's, she went into the hospital yesterday morning, and she has, uh, she has a stroke and hemorrhaging of the brain. And um, I just want God to heal her 100%. Yeah. Oh, good. Is, is she in critical condition, Jimmy? I, I don't know too much already. I, I just know that she's in, in intensive care right now, so I'm okay. pretty sure that. Yeah, I, I would think so. Well, let me lift her up in prayer really quickly. And, Jimmy, perhaps you can be an a source of encouragement for her. Father, we lift grace to you and ask that you would mercifully touch and heal. Lord, we pray that Gracie is a believer. We pray um, that, that even now, whether she's conscious or unconscious, she's, she's able to call out. You're able to reach her. I pray that you would touch and heal. But most important, Lord, we, we lift up her spirit, her soul to you. And ask that you make sure your arms are around her. Spare Jimmy from the pain of losing a friend. In the meantime, Father, be strong. Show yourself powerful on her behalf. Amen. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it very, very much. 340-9585. Uh, we have a, a follow-up from Chuck from the question that he had. He just sent it in. He said, appreciate your answer. Thank you. I was reading Romans 13, 1 through 7 from the New Living Translation. It says, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Is this a bad translation? Uh, I think it's a misleading translation, Chuck. The New Living Translation is not a bad Bible. It's not a bad translation at all. But the, the, the purpose, as I said, of this passage of Scripture is that the, the people that fill those positions of authority have not been put there by God. The, 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 the government of authority has been established by God. As I said in the earlier response, uh, especially in our country, we choose the people in authority. Um, you know, there's constant turmoil, and we choose the people in authority, so we get uh, the king that we want, or the president that we want. And the reason I said the king we want is because I'm thinking of, of King Saul. Um, Samuel tried to beg the people not to have a king. Uh, Samuel was not God's choice for king. Clearly, God knew that Israel was going to have a king, but he had a king in waiting. But they weren't patient. They wanted their own king, and they got the king they deserved. And we're now coming in our studies on Wednesday night to the end of, of Saul's miserable reign. And what he does in the chapter 22 that we're studying tonight, I won't get to it tonight, but he, because of his insecurity and jealousy, he kills or has killed 85 priests of God. So certainly Saul didn't put it. Saul just gave the people what they wanted. I think in the culture that we live in, I think this is a sign of the last days as well, Chuck. We get what we want. And we don't know what to ask for. So we take people that make promises. I want you to think about something. I'm not going to go into political rant here. But how is it possible that out of the, the, the 300 million people in this country, we get two really poor choices every four years for president of the United States. How is that even possible? You think it's God withholding good people from us? No. We get what we deserve. We get what we ask for. And it's a shame. You know, right now, Chuck, and this is a good conversation starter with your kids as well. If there was a Christian, somebody who was sold out for Jesus, 
somebody understood the difference between government and the, the spiritual relationship with Jesus, but but allowed how he governed to be dictated by his relationship with Jesus. Do you think there is even one tiny, tiny, tiny chance that that person would get elected? There's no way he he or she would be battered in the media. They would be called all kinds of names. And then they would settle for somebody who sits there and tells lies to them. I mean, our politicians tell lies to us. And we don't call them on it. Now, if you're on the left, you call out Trump on his lies. If you're on the right, you call out anybody on the left on their lies. But you see some level to everybody of lying is okay. And that's not the case with God. So, Chuck, again, don't give up on the New Living Translation. There's nothing wrong with it. But that's just sort of an unfortunate uh, rendering of it there. It's not God choosing the people. uh, And that is to uh, be sure. Thank you. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Here is a question from Jennifer. She wants to know, do you, meaning me, do you uh, have a favorite book or scripture that keeps you going? Um, Jennifer, no. Um, now, I have a lot of favorite books and, and, and a lot of favorite scriptures, and my church always laughs if I'm teaching, and I say, this is my favorite passage of scripture, this is my favorite Bible study. And I say that a lot because where I am, the Bible is living and active, and it's my favorite. But here's what you need to know. It's not a book, even the scriptures that keep us going. It's the person of Jesus. It's the person of Jesus. Uh, Our retreat theme for the men this weekend is just be with Jesus. I've been saying that for so many years. I just thought finally, well, why don't we use that for our retreat theme? You know what? I may never change the retreat theme. Because I think when you're looking for a pepper-upper, spiritually speaking, by going to a book or going to a scripture, I think you're diminishing. It's the person of Jesus Christ that gives us strength. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Now, that's the scripture you can go to. But it's the person of Jesus that gives you strength. And when you are going through difficult times, and, and you know, I've, I've shared this on this program before, but, but the, the financial pressure here at Calvary Chapel is, is just unbelievable. We do things for free, and we do things that take a lot more money than the, the people that we have are able to give. So God sustains us, and there's constant pressure. And so here's what I do in those pressures. I go out and I walk with Jesus, and I remember that these are his burdens to carry. Now, again, all of that's in Scripture, and I'm not, everybody who's listening to the show knows I'm not diminishing at all the value of Scripture. But the point of Scripture is to point to Jesus. And it's, there's just no value in reading a Bible verse and ignoring the person of Jesus. So we need to run in those difficult times. I will tell you that uh, I do have a favorite book in the New Testament. It's Ephesians. Um, I love it. I love to teach it. Uh, it's it's all the Bible anybody ever needs. If if you lost every other book in in this word um, and had Ephesians, you'd be fine. But uh, I'm not looking when I open my Bible. I'm not looking for strength or encouragement. I get it, but that's not what I'm looking for. When I open my Bible, Jennifer, I'm looking for Jesus. And nothing else matters. Really, really, really nothing else matters. So I hope that helps. I'm sorry if it disappoints you, the answer. 340-9585. Let's go to Victoria, Texas and talk with Christopher. Christopher, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing Going well. Good. How are, how are yes, you guys sir. down I'll, there in Victoria? How, how are you guys recovering uh, from the hurricane? Well, I'm actually a debris monitor. Uh, <laughs> funny oh, that are you? Say that. We're out here. Yes, sir. We're out here picking up the brush and debris and getting the city back and okay. getting back to on its feet. God bless you, man. Yeah, God bless you as well. Uh, I have a question for you. I would like to know is um, right now um, I have a lot of persistence and, and continuance on my faith, but problems keep 
popping up, you know, whether they're little or they're small. What what is the best way to to keep focus on on you know the bigger prize uh, as far as being a faithful servant to God with such troubled times uh, and everything going on in the world and in people's lives? Well, what is what is the route that that you would take or that you do take during these times uh, to keep your faith up high uh, during low times? Yeah. Yeah, you know, Christopher, I'm afraid to tell you that that my faith isn't always high, and and when I um, get up in those mornings, those difficult times when things seem to be closing in or pressing in, um, uh, what I do is I fight like crazy to get into the presence of Jesus. Um, um, it's 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 in His presence that there's fullness of joy. Um, the joy of the Lord is our strength, David says. So when we're down, when things are hard, that's when we have to toughen up spiritually and do what we know to do. And and in the presence of Jesus, you're being strengthened by him. Uh, Hopefully we're falling more in love with him every day. And as we spend more time with him, then uh, we're also able uh, to trust him a little bit longer. Now, for me personally, uh, Christopher, and I've said this on this program a lot of times, I start every day the same way. When I walk outside my door, I say, Jesus, today of my own free will, I choose to serve you, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit and your name and for your glory. And then I put my hand out and say, I can't do this on my own. So I take your hand by faith. And then I, because Paul and I are one flesh, I put my other hand out and said, I take Paula's hand and we're, we're one flesh and we will not let go until you bless us. And then I begin talking to him. I can make requests of him with a grateful heart. I can I can pour out my heart in our Bible study tonight, Chris, if you're able to watch it uh, online uh, at calvarysa.com. Uh, we're going to talk about what David did when he was in a cave. And, and he turned that cave into a place of refuge uh, because he realized Jesus was there with him. So it's not about having great faith. It's not about not doubting or not being afraid. It's about sort of persevering soldiering on even though we're afraid even though we're discouraged and those are the times when we realize that jesus these things are your burdens and not mine and i think christopher one of the things that we all have to learn to do and i think we need to learn to do this very quickly in our walk with jesus is to divorce our emotions and our circumstances from the goodness of god so that we always are looking for his presence um so that he then can uh, can take these burdens from us. Um, there's, there's obviously I'm in the Word all the time, and we need to be in the Word. But, but I want to emphasize this same same answer I gave to Jennifer in part. It's the person of Jesus Christ that carries your burdens. It's the person of Jesus that gives us the strength that we need. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So for me personally, it's not about well, I'm going to be in heaven one day, so all this is going to be worth it. Uh, for me, it's more about as long as I'm with Jesus, I know I'm okay. I can't explain how I know I'm okay. I just know I'm okay. And I try to remember all day, every day, Jimmy. I'm sorry, Christopher. I, I try to remember all day, every day that he's right here with me. And and when I'm successful in doing that, then nothing overwhelms me. Uh, when I'm not successful in doing that, then I begin to get overwhelmed and I get reminded again to run into the presence of the Lord. So that's what you need to do. Does that help at all, Christopher? Yes, sir. It, it, it really does. And it's, it's crazy that you bring uh, you bring up David because I've, I've been getting signs uh, from the Lord himself and just telling me everything's all right. And the other, the other morning I was real like down and depressed the energy was real thick and i get up every morning and i just open up my bible and, and I, I feel like god's going to direct me to what he wants me to read for that day and mm-hmm. he he led me right to to david and and, and to tell me about that uh, I, I went through david and goliath last week and then mm-hmm. i went through him going to the cave and that's that's the way i kind of felt in life is that people were yeah. attacking me and trying trying to go at me like Saul was going at david and it's, it's real funny like this is a sign itself and um, yeah. I feel like, hey, uh, like you're an instrument Cr- that's being used. Christopher, let me let me let me suggest something for you. Since you're 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 spending some time with David, First uh, Samuel chapter 22 is the the study we're doing tonight. But read Psalm 142. It's only seven verses. 142. Yeah, and then then uh, the other one is Psalm 45, I think. 
Let me look really quickly. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 142 has only uh, six ver- seven verses in it. And then go after that, go to Psalm 57, not 45, Psalm 57, uh, verses 7 through 11, because those are the psalms that David wrote when he was in that cave. And they're, they're wonderfully instructive for us. Okay? Yes, sir. That's very deep and okay. greatly appreciated. Thank you for all you're doing, My man. pleasure. You're, you're a great man. Thank you, brother. Oh, you my, my pleasure. Thank you, David. Or Christopher, I'm sorry. I've got David on the brain now. Hey, uh, Christopher, I hope you're still listening. Let me let me suggest one other thing. Um, rather than get up and just kind of depend on the Lord to lead you uh, to a place to read, have continuous systematic reading going on in the scriptures. Start at the beginning of a book and keep stay in that book on task until you're done with that book. Now, that is not to suggest that there won't be times when God will put David on your heart or David on your mind, and then you go to that. That's fine. But every day you're daily reading, the Word is living and active. It will meet you where you are uh, every day, and you will also begin to grow uh, in the knowledge of God, not only in the knowledge of God, but in the knowledge of His will for your life. Christopher, God yes, bless you, man, and thanks for helping the people down there. God bless you as well, brother. You have Thank a good one. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Here is a question from Jasmine. She says, do you think it's okay for a Christian to go to a secular psychologist? Of course, I think it's okay. Um, you know, we're free in Christ, and, um, but, but here would be my question, Jasmine. Um what do you think a secular psychologist who has nothing to do with God can do to help you that the living active word of God won't do see this is why a relationship with a church a relationship in relationships in church are so valuable because what you need is somebody who's going to point you to Jesus not somebody who's going to take you back to childhood memories not somebody who is going to to, to bolster your self-esteem. Um, what we need is face-to-face time with Jesus. You know, so often when people like me answer this question, it gets, oh, well, you guys just believe the Bible's everything you need. The answer is, yes, we do. But it's because, and I repeat this for the third time in this half of the program, it's because the Bible points us to the only one who can heal us. And you don't need to understand your past to deal with it. You need to understand that you've been freed from your past. And when you're free, Paul says to the Galatians, you're free indeed. It is for freedom we have been set free, he says. So it's very important. Yes, you can go to a secular psychologist, but why would you want any counsel from somebody who doesn't know Jesus? Christian counseling can help. But even that's not what you need. The fact that somebody opens a counseling session in prayer doesn't make them a Christian counselor. It makes them a counselor who is a Christian. And I hope that distinction is not lost on you. You need somebody who's going to give you the word. Because whatever your issues are that you need to deal with, Jasmine, those issues can only be solved by the creator of everything. And it takes a little time to get to know him, to trust him. But believe me, it's the best time you'll ever ever spend. And a secular psychologist, no matter the degrees, no matter how well-intended they are, if they're not going to give you Jesus then you're wasting your time. So, Jasmine, I hope that helps a little bit and didn't make you angry with me. We're inside three minutes. Uh, Here is a question from Mary. Um, Mary says, How can I keep from getting angry with people who are so vocal in their opposition to God or godly laws? Mary, uh, that's a a really important question because uh, our flesh wants to get angry with people who disagree with us. Here's how... I keep from getting angry with them. I remember that God loves them. I have no right to misrepresent God, and because I love God, I, uh, I'm, I'm His, uh, a spokesman for Him, 
And so I want to rightly represent him in my heart as well. Now, I'm human, so I get frustrated and I get angry with people who are so vocal in their opposition to God. They don't know anything. And I have to remember, they don't know any better. And while I've been saved for 26 years, I, I can also remember when I didn't want anything to do with God, when I hated God. And so I try to look at those people, Mary, like they're just, uh, you know, maybe future pastors. Or maybe there's somebody that I'm going to be in heaven with for a very long time. And so I don't get angry. Instead of thinking of them as the enemy of my ministry, I think of them as the object of my ministry. And Mary, that's so important because if you let anger eat away, and that's one of the reasons I keep counseling Christians in, in, in our church here and on this radio program, um, stop spending so much time in the media. Stop spending so much time on Fox News. Stop spending so much time um, getting angry at things. Instead, spend time with Jesus. And he'll give you his heart. One other thing, Mary, that really made this possible for me to do what I'm telling you to do, um, I begin praying for them. You know, I have some uh, uh, some people in my life. They're not friends, but but they're casual friends. Um, people who are are um, living openly homosexual lifestyles, and I pray for them uh, pretty much every day. I, I may miss a day here and there, but not many. And I pray for them by name. And what I'm finding is, you know, the the the, the CNN news guys who are openly gay and proud of it. Uh, I find myself mentioning them by name in the prayers now. And I don't know them from Adam. But I find myself, Lord, save him and save him and save her. And I'm finding my heart softening toward them. So I hope that helps, Mary. Hey, we're sorry for the, the, the technical problems at the top of the program. We got it worked out. Finally, thanks for your calls. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Tomorrow, Paul will be live in studio with me on the date day edition of the program. You've been listening to the Word to Stand On for Life. I'll be back, Lord willing, with Paula tomorrow at 4 o'clock. See you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.